Hello, this is Matt Slick from the Matt Slick Live podcast, where I defend the Christian faith and lay out our foundations of the truth of God's Word. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now... Do you know that there's still a chance for you? Because there's a spark in you. You just gotta ignite the light and let it shine. Just on the night, like the 4th of July. Refiners fire today on the Christian Car Guy Show. How fun is that? <laughs> yes. Today on the Christian Car Guy Show, the refiners fire. And so in our intro, you might have recognized Arthur Brown's fire from 1968. I mean, that. <laughs> and then Baby, You're a Firework from Katy Perry and you know, the more I've thought about that song, the more right I think she has it. Um, that that we have that fire that is in in us being refined and initiating us in so many different ways. And that's what we're going to talk about today in the Christian Car Guys show, as well as even a little bit about fuel refining and octane and what kind of gas you need to put in your car, that kind of thing. But uh, also we want to mention that how fun is this? We finally have gotten to the next episode in the uh, Christian Car Guy Theater. It will be in the last segment, and we're going to finally find out what happens to Faithful in his trial with Judge Hategood and all these jurors you're going to get to hear. And would, I would point out that one of those jurors happens to be my granddaughter. No, actually, three of them. <laughs> there are three different voices that are my granddaughter, Lila, and a lot of other very talented actors and actresses are in that show coming up in the last segment. But today's show, as always, is brought to you by Hebrew Letter, and today's Hebrew Letter is the letter Shin. And oh, what a neat, neat, neat thing I learned about that letter this week. You might have heard it. It's the S sound in the word Yeshua, which is Jesus, right? It's also the, the S sound in the word Shalom, and so many other things that have to do with, like, at the end of the word holy, which is Kadosh in Hebrew— there's that S, and it's in the judgment, and so we're going to find out more about that. Um, as you know, we've been studying the Song of Solomon in our daily podcast, and so this week I came across this particular segment. It's in the fifth chapter where we have just an unbelievable picture of Jesus, right? That here we're going to get 10 attributes that the bride, that would be us, describes her most well-beloved 
with these 10 attributes. One of the attributes she describes is his belly is as bright as ivory, and it's overlaid with sapphire. Well, ivory in Hebrew, right, could be translated tooth. It really could. I mean, they they used the word ivory because that seemed to make sense. (laughs) But the idea of tooth is actually, when you look at the word that is translated ivory there, they used, or Solomon, or the Holy Spirit through Solomon, used the letter the word shin, which means the letter shin. In other words, every letter has a name, and the name of the shin is a shin and a nun. And so that is the, the exact word that Solomon used to describe Jesus's belly. And if you think about a belly, what it does is it, you know, essentially it refines food. Okay, it just does. It takes your food and it turns it into usable energy for your body. And and that's what a belly does. <laughs> and so when you think about Jesus's word, right? Because Jesus is the word and the word is Jesus. Undoubtedly, his word refines us in so many different ways. And, and the idea of a tooth, you see, is your te- teeth oxidize food. In other words, when you chew it up, you're crushing it up so that your body can use it. But also the word oxidize is also that letter shin because it looks like a fire, If you were to look at a shin, it looks like it has three flames coming up from it. And at the top of each of those flames is a yud, which has to do with the spark of God. And and so a fire is the word oxidation, right? And so when when your fuel is ignited in your car, it is actually oxidizing. (laughs) And because it's it's, being combined with oxygen, and, and then it's actually usable. And so as we see this in the idea of being refined in God, it's really, really a cool thing that when you see God and if, when you can see the spark that Katy Perry is talking about in the fireworks, right? When you see each one of those sparks, well, then you're seeing God. And if you can see him in the story, it's spectacular. So I wanted to share a little story of what kind of happened on my summer vacation. I missed you guys. I wasn't here last week because I was at the car show in Douglasville and Douglas. Ville, uh, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, which was spectacular. They had more cars than they've ever had, maybe twice as many as they've ever had, and people all over the place. And I got to share a little five-minute message there that was to be a gospel presentation or share with people how they could get to know Jesus. Well, interestingly, the week before, actually that Sunday before I did the car show, I did a cowboy church here in Winston-Salem at the Joel Coliseum. How fun was that with Richard Childress? But interestingly, God gave me what to say at cowboy church about a week, maybe 10 days before I gave that. And so I had plenty of time to study what he had in mind, and I was all excited. And that went, you know, really, I was really, really fun. But when it came to this five-minute message and those who speak know it's harder to put together a five-minute message than it is to put together a 30-minute message, actually. And I'd been praying, 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 God, get me, because this is so important to me, because here's all these people come to the car show, and anybody that doesn't know Jesus, I would just love, love, love them to do it. So you got to give me something. you got to give me something. (laughs) And I prayed all week. And I heard crickets. I mean, I I wasn't getting anything about what I was supposed to speak about. And so I drove to Atlanta on the Friday before the Saturday of the show. Actually went up on the Appalachian Trail, got to a real quiet, beautiful place and began to pray, asking God, you know, tell me, share, share with me. What are we talking about tomorrow? Oh, it was wonderful, beautiful. However, 
I heard nothing. And so that night, it was getting to be crunch time. I still didn't know what I was going to do in this five minutes that I had to share the gospel. And I was a little anxious, honestly. <laughs> and I, as I, I went to bed early, and I just took out my Bible, and I was just looking at several things and asking God, show me, you know, help the Holy Spirit show me. What am I supposed to talk about tomorrow? Still nothing. So that night, I still can't believe this happened, but it did. I had this horrible dream. It was just a horrible dream. I, I can't believe I still dreamed that kind of thing. But as Spurgeon puts it, sometimes, you know, all those murky waters that are down in us get stirred up and, and we're overwhelmed by our own depravity. And so I hear I had this horrible dream and I was wanting things in this dream. I knew I, it was just horrible. And I woke up just totally ashamed of myself and, and, and asked Jesus, like, you know, I got to speak here in a couple hours. A few hours, like I need. This isn't what I needed right now. This, you know, what are you doing? And um, he he comes beautifully, as he does, and he he he, he essentially puts his arm around me and, and says, "Robbie, Robbie, we got to get closer. Your problem is, you know, we're just not close enough." And so, you know, I actually spent the next you know thirty minutes working on. You know, essentially repenting, getting back in Jesus's arms, becoming one with him, all that again. So this was about two in the morning, and I finally got back together with him. And then I went back to sleep, and I had the exact same dream, <laughs> only this time. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was not overcome with the evil. I overcame evil with good, thanks to Jesus. I was like, I was very connected to him, and I didn't have that problem this time. And I saw what he was talking about, and so when I woke up that a Saturday morning uh, and began to pray, as I always do. I'd love to start out my prayer time with the Lord's Prayer. And and you know the Lord's Prayer, the first words are, Our Father. Well, you got to realize Jesus and I were like arm in arm at this point in time. And so when I said, Our Father, it was like I had my arm around him, and I I said it in a way that I'd never said it before. Honestly, I was like, Oh, Our Father. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I thought about, you know, like when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, right? He was saying, guys, this is our Father. And I always knew that we were praying in the plural for all believers, but I never thought about playing it, praying in the plural because Jesus is our Father too. And and as I got this revelation, and I was just so excited about that, man, our Father, which by the way, I've prayed that way all week, our Father. I just love it. And so... We'll get to the rest of what I shared as God gave me that immediately after our father. (laughs) And you can see how he was refining me, right? He took something that was yucky and he made it beautiful, which is what a refiner is. We're going to knit your stories when we come back. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH, Refiner's Fire. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Refiner's Fire today on the Christian Car Guy. And uh, 
Wow. I mean, I don't know how this has happened to you, but finding God in the difficult places, you know, it's one thing to find God in something beautiful and like, man, oh, God really did this for me. But what about when the other stuff comes, <laughs> the judgments, right, where he's refining us? Well, that's that's a really, really cool thing to find the God spark in the difficult situation. So there I was. I'd had this horrible dream. And then God came alongside of me like really um, – he hadn't in a long, long time. And we were just there, and I was praying our Father. I had my arm around Jesus. <laughs> I was like, our Father, who art in heaven. And then he was like, well, Robbie, I, I want you to share the story of the dream. I'm like, what? Like with all these people at this car show, you want me to do that? <laughs> he goes, exactly. <laughs> right? Because where we are weak, he is strong right? It's his strength. He's the hero of this story. And so, you know, I, I knew that, okay, you want me to share this? I, I did. And then, and then I got to share the story I've, I've talked about on the air before, the eagle, you know, and how when, you're, when you can look at Jesus and you can get close to Jesus like he did for me that morning, right? Then all the, all the evil stuff has to f- fall away. Like the woman caught in adultery, you know, where are your accusers? They can't hang out when you're up there with Jesus and you're looking straight at him. And I pointed out that when you have Jesus's blood to cover your eyes, you can look straight at the sun. And I do mean S-O-N. <laughs> and so, wow, I mean, I had such a beautiful time at the car show and so many amazing folks showed up and, 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 I mean, it's just one of the neatest things to go to those car shows, and we're going to get some to talking about refining and all that stuff. But first off, we have my friend Sarah Linda in Port Orchard, Washington. She's got a poem for us. Good morning, Sarah Linda. You're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Oh, yes. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, uh, you were coming in and uh, where, where we are here. <laughs> and I thought, well, I can listen in. And, you know, it's the, about the refiner's fire. Well, this morning, I've just been uh, going through the scriptures earlier, and uh, and then here you are talking about refiner's fire, and that's what we're going through uh, everywhere all over the world right now. But we are getting ready. The Lord is preparing us for the wedding feast. And, uh, <laughs> we got to get white uh, before he can, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. No, I mean, <laughs> we so, can say, right. Go ahead. So wonderful. Well, I've just been working on writing and, uh, and that preparing, the Lord is preparing for a purpose of in this Genesis. I read it again this morning, Genesis two, uh, uh chapter I mean, verse uh, uh, two. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, he's preparing us for the purpose. Oh, that's right. And the, Yeah, and that's just awesome for the purpose of the bride is making herself ready. And, you know, we're just going to have to do a lot of soap and uh, good water and scrub. <laughs> and, and blood is what it's going to take. <laughs> and, I mean, and that's what I just wrote down. Jesus' blood to in order to see the spots that are <laughs> we need to clean up. <laughs> so, uh, if you don't mind, I'll just listen to the rest of the story that you're bringing. As I just was able to call you, and and I, you know, I just want to be able to see more and more and help. And I 
story is how the, the, the bride is preparing herself, and that's what it's all about. So, it, it really um, is. And, and, and when you think about that whole, you know, in the fifth chapter, she goes about describing Jesus as John yeah. did, you know, when he saw him in Revelation. <laughs> and, you know, what a task to try to describe the undescribable. And yeah. I, I, I love when she gets down to this belly of ivory and, and uh-huh. this idea that, you know, he is a refiner. And, and yet, you yeah. know, right before that, it talked about his lips were lilies, which means praise. And so he always tells you how wonderful you are, and he always praises. I mean, that's, that is what he does, but his, his, his lips drip with sweet myrrh. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but it does, according to that description. And, and sweet yeah. myrrh, myrrh is a bitter, you know, is the idea bitter biblically, like Mary's, you know, bitterness that she, but by the same token, it's bitter that makes it sweet, right? I mean, his, yeah. his bitter death is what made for the happiest ending of all time. And so myrrh is a drip, you know, that they take off of trees. It's a sap. And it looks like a drip, and that's why it's spelled like that in Hebrew, that would make that sound myrrh. But the neat thing about drips is that they're tears. And I studied tears this week as I was thinking about this myrrh, and there's a hormone in tears called oxytocin. And they call it the cuddle hormone because what it does is it stimulates attachment behavior. In other words, when you see somebody cry, you want to give them a hug. (laughs) but the cool thing about that oxytocin is it not only stimulates it for the person that's secreting the tears but it stimulates it for those that's why when one person cries everybody just jumps into the fray you know because like god set us up that we're supposed to attach to people when they're sad right and we're not in this alone and so how cool how cool is it that his his word his 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 lips are are lilies of praise that drip with sweet myrrh. And when you think about all that that implies, it's just like, oh, my goodness. I mean, isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, that is beautiful. You have a beautiful morning there in uh, Washington. Is the weather pretty? Uh, yes, it, it's fall, and, and so it's cooler now but it's been sunny and uh, and the, it, it is a lovely day it's lovely over here I, uh, you're, you're, I think I'm so glad and, and it's it's lovely here and we have a wedding one of my producers that became the program director here Rachel is getting married today and I get to go to that at 2 o'clock so I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to your call 866-348-7884 goodbye it's your Linda We will talk soon, I hope. God bless. Yes, God bless. (laughs) Bye-bye. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Just Baby.
Maybe your refiner's fire today, and oh, are we ever a firework. I'm just telling you that the idea of fire is in shalom. It just is. It's the first letter of shalom. In other words, if we got to see God in order to have any peace. I'm just saying, and it's a big part of being refined, is being able to see God in any given situation. And so... What's your refiner's fire story? I would love to hear it. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share. I love your calls. I love them. And I would love to hear your story of how God refined you. 866-348-7884. If you're feeling the Holy Spirit nudging, you know, there's a lot of people could be blessed with your testimony. It really is an amazing thing where our our hearts save those things. So, as promised, I wanted to mention gas refining <laughs> because I know a lot of people are confused over the idea of octane. Like, I need high-test gas in order to get, you know, more power in my car. And so there's a big misunderstanding. Like, the higher the octane rating of gasoline, you know, what you would call a high-test or premium fuel that's more expensive – that is actually, what it does is it increases the flash point of the fuel. In other words, the lower the octane rating, the easier the gas explodes. And the problem is that in gasoline engines with the compression that they have, if the gasoline's flash point, in other words, it explodes too easy, that if the octane is too low, that when before the piston can get all the way up, the fuel will explode, which calls a knock or a ping. You'll hear a little ping. Sometimes now cars have got computers to retard that ping, so it doesn't happen. It used to be in the older cars, you'd hear it all the time. When you had your cheap gas, which are low-octane gas, you would hear this ping because there was not enough octane. They used to put lead in the fuel to, to lower the flash point. Now they, they use other chemicals. But the idea of octane is it's going to uh, reduce the flash point, the point at which it'll explode so that the, the – the piston can get all the way to top dead center before, you know, the, the spark plug ignites it. Because otherwise, if it ignites on itself just because the cylinder is too hot, then that's hard on the crankshaft. You lose power. You lose gas mileage, et cetera, et cetera. That's why in certain cars, especially more expensive cars, tend to have higher octane needs because they have more compression. If the engine has more compression, you have to run premium gas. And, you know, race cars, they even use stuff above that in order to you know, have the, the, the lowest possible flash point, um, um, excuse me, the highest flash possible flash point for the, for the fuel to be efficient. And so I say all that to say, you know, sometimes it's worth trying some mid-grade or premium fuel in your car and checking it because you might get better gas mileage based on the age of your car because as your car gets older, it builds up carbon in the, in the cylinders. And, and you might just check to see if premium gas makes it run better, gives you more power, or will, in fact, get you better gas mileage. Always tough to check and to see if it's worth the extra money for, you know, when you do the math on all that, which that's a bit of a challenge. But nonetheless, there's a little bit of a story on octane. And I, I love the idea of, of, of lowering our flashpoint. It's something that we could do in our refining process. So we got Clay is in Durham, North Carolina. Clay, you are on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, Robbie. How you doing? I am doing wonderful. How are you? I am doing well. I pray you are. This doesn't sound like yeah. Clay. This sounds like um, 
Um, this is this is Trey out of Winston. Yeah, Clay. Trey, not Clay. Okay, we had the yeah. name wrong. <laughs> That's all right. I I might have messed it up. How are you, Trey? I'm doing well. I hope you are. I hope you. I usually try to get with you about once a month. I guess it's been a while since I've called in with you, but uh, you know, I like your topic this morning. You know, the fire of God. Uh, you know, I've been in church services and uh, pastors at one uh, about a week ago. A pastor and his wife, we went up to the altar and we're praying. And I'm going to tell you something. You can just feel the fire of God. It just seemed like it was circling around us with the power of the Holy Spirit moving. And, uh, of course, uh, ended up going down on the floor. But I- I'm going to tell you, a lot of people don't understand that or say, well, what does that mean? It means you just got a lift in an overdose of the, of the uh, Holy Spirit of God. That's what that means. And, um, yeah, know, it we, is, we, it we is, it's, it's really a neat thing. If you, I, you know, I Googled it this morning cause I wanted to come up with a picture that was representative of, you know, the refiner's fire. And you know, if you, if you type in lion fire, you, you'd be shocked at how many thousands of pictures depict a lion on fire. I mean, it's unbelievable. Amen. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of firepower. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is, Robbie. You know, you hit a. You know, I loved your testimony this morning, and you know what? I'd like to challenge all your listeners for tomorrow at church. Get your families up to the altar of God tomorrow. Let you, you know, like especially the fathers, get your whole family up to the altar. And if you just pray in Jesus' name, I don't care what church you go to, what denomination you're in. If you pray in Jesus' name, He'll hear you. And you know we're in the, we're in later days, and there's trials and stuff. Robbie, that fire I got. I was just studying. Oh, I usually get up at three o'clock, sometime around there, and I was studying a lot of stuff in the scriptures this morning. You know, going through Daniel, Second Samuel, and a lot of other things. But you know, when we get a hold of God, you know, the the uh, earth will roll to and fro like a drunkard, is what the Bible says. You know, God's anger will come out. He will act against our enemies. He'll defend us. He'll fight for us. And it's time for the church to not just do business as usual. It's time for the church to take it up a notch and get into that throne room of God and say, hey, God, we need you. Because right now we need God more than we've ever needed him. But the church is laying down for some reason. And now's the time that the church should really be kicking up in high gear and taking this thing seriously and taking it up a notch. Because, you know, well, we don't want the enemy getting here's, any more ground. Here's what I'm pretty sure, Trey, that the church, the real church, <laughs> you know, the ones that are that, that are, do have that fire, okay? I mean, his church, believe me, it's on fire. It is. And I see it all the time. I, re- I really, really do. I understand there's a lot of folks out there that, don't get it yet, but hopefully he's going to help reveal that fire to him. You know what's cool about Samson is it, you know, well, he didn't display all those acts of strength until it said the Holy Spirit came upon him in power. <laughs> so you, yeah, you, it's you, the power. Yeah. You, you couldn't it's be more power. right. And I love your story of the time that you got that scent, right? And, and, you, and, and God gave you oh, that yeah. smell through your whole house. Oh, yeah, the whole room filled up, you know, and every once in a while, Every so often, I still get some, but here lately, Robbie, it's like when I come home, it's like somebody's cooked a full-course meal in the kitchen. There'd be different things here and there. I can't explain it. I don't know. I've looked in the scriptures and stuff. The only thing I can think of is marriage supper, the lamb's coming. 
<laughs> I, I would, I would, I would love to, for you to try an experiment for me because you know here lately, there are these things that are called uh, bearded beggar ticks. There are these yellow flowers. They're all over the place because I know you live in Winston Salem. On the side of the road, everywhere, you'll see hundreds of them blossoming. Well, if you'll go okay. up in there in one of those big bush bunches of bearded um, beggar ticks and just take a big smell because okay. I've, I've been doing walks lately and every time I get in those, there's a smell of those that's absolutely spectacular. And I am wondering. I'll check it out. Yeah, I think you got my number. Text me. I would love for you to tell me, is that the smell? Because it is heavenly. I mean, it's really amazing. Okay. And, and, you know, that was I'll one of the know. ways that God's refining me as I've been going on these walks. And I went on a walk this yeah. week, and I started out by asking God to show me something cool. And it's a true story. And, and near the end of the walk, I came around a corner, and there, as I crossed this bridge, was a flower just in the river. Well, I have this app called Picture This, which I have a link in my website for that if somebody wants it, where you could just take a picture of the flower and it analyzes it and tells you what kind of flower it is. Well, remember, I asked him to show me something cool. So this thing's analyzing this flower and it comes back and it says, that is a rose of Sharon. Well, for those Mm. people who Mm. know me, they would know that Robbie's favorite book in the Bible is what? The Song of Solomon and the second chapter, right? First verse, I'm the Rose Rose of Sharon. (laughs) Like, man, he gave me a Rose of Sharon right there. I've got a picture of it, by the way, on my website because this story just kind of overwhelmed me. And and I was like, man, standing on the bridge crying because I was like, I just can't believe you overwhelmed me with this one because I had not seen that kind of flower, honestly, or would not have had no idea what it was. But when it came back and told me that, I was just, like, beside myself. So. That's awesome. It's the end of the show, Trey. I'm afraid we got Christian Car Guy Theater coming up. You're going to find out what happened to Faithful. So thank you all so much for sharing today. Thank you, Trey, for your call. And we got so much more Christian Car Guy Theater coming up. Stay tuned. Amen. God bless. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. And now time for Christian Car Guy Theater. With today's episode, A Plymouth Progress, Episode 31. Jimmy then saw in his dream that Plymouth Fury Faithful had been on trial for his life, with so many witnesses against him in the town of Vanity Fair. Then the javelin judge Hategood called to the jury, who all the time were standing by to hear and observe and accuse. Gentle sedans of the jury, you see this sedan about whom so great an uproar has been made in this town. You have also heard what these worthy gentle sedans have witnessed against him. Also, you've heard his reply and confession. It lies now in your engines to hang him or save his life. However, I think I must first instruct you about our law. There was an act made in the days of Ferrari Pharaoh, the great servant to our prince Beelzebub, that just in case those of a different and contrary religion should multiply and grow too strong for him, 
their males should be thrown into the river to drown. There was an also an act made in the days of the greatest Nash Nebuchadnezzar, another of his servants, that whosoever would not fall down and worship his golden image should be thrown into a fiery furnace. <laughs> there was also an act made in the days of Dalmer Darius, that whosoever should call upon any god but him should be cast in the lion's den. Now the substance of these laws this rebel has broken, not only in thought, which is not to be tolerated, but also in word and deed, which must therefore be intolerable. For that of Ferrari Pharaoh, his law was made upon a possible supposition in order to prevent crime. But here, we have a crime that has been committed. For the second and third, you see he disagrees with our religion. And for the treason he has confessed, he deserves to die the death. Then the jury went out to deliberate about the fate of poor faithful. The jury members, whose names were Buick Blindman, Nova No Good, Malibu Malice, Lamborghini Lovelust, Lady Lincoln Live Loose, Healy Hetty, Honda High Mind, E-Class Enmity, and Cadillac Cruelty. They returned almost immediately. Mr. Foreman Buick Blind Man, what say you? I see clearly that this sedan is a heretic. True. Nova No Good, what say you? Away with such a car from the earth. <laughs> what a pleasant thought. Mr. Malibu Malice, what say you? I says me, for I hate the very looks of them. <laughs> yes, sort of a rude-looking fellow. On dry ground, no less. <laughs> Lord Lamborghini Lovelust, what say you? I could never endure that scoundrel. He should die the death. And so he will. And we will all see him squirm. Lady Lincoln live loose? What say you? I think more of a worm describes this heretic, for he would always be condemning my way. Oh, well said, Lady Lincoln. Good form. Hi, Healy Hetty. What say you? Hang him. Hang him. Now that's the spirit. What say you, Highness Honda Highmind? Uh, sorry, Scrub. My heart riseth against him, so he should go down through the gallows gates. You always were a car after my own heart, Your Highness. And you, the Earl of E-Class Emity. He's a rogue. Do we boil him in oil anymore? Oh, oh, yes, quite. Countess Cadillac Cruelty, you, madam? Let us dispatch him out of the way. This very day. Well, well, well. We have our verdict, Examiner. Condemn him according to our law. And first, scourge him. Then buffet him. Then lance his flesh with knives. After, stone him with stones. Then prick him with swords. And last of all, burn him to ash at the stake. Thus came poor Plymouth Fury Faithful to his end. Yet... As all saw Faithful's last breath, they exclaimed, That's a glorious chariot, and a couple of horses and heavenly ones taking Faithful. Oh my, they're carrying Faithful up through the clouds. What's with the trumpet? They begged Judge Hategood 
Cut this other Plymouth Valiant loose? Why push our luck? And so Plymouth Valiant was set free, and as he left town, Valiant exclaimed, Well, faithful, you have faithfully professed unto your Lord, with whom you will be blessed. When faithless ones with all the vain delights are crying out under their hellish plights, they will be crying out from hell. Sing, faithful, sing, and let your name survive, for though they'd kill you, you are yet alive. Tune in soon for the next exciting adventure in the Plymouth Progress. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. Uh-huh, Randy. This was surely a case of jurist imprudence. <laughs> yes, honey. This was a horrible case of odor in the court. Because <laughs> that case stunk. <laughs> See what I did there? Instead of odor, instead of an order. Oh, boy. <laughs> Danny... You know, it's interesting, but did you ever wonder why people hate Christians seemingly right down to our core? It's because they are listening to their father, the devil, the father of lies, and they believe or have faith in what he has lied to them about. Oh, you know, that's why there is hope. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> you know, Daddy, but... But the Bible reassures us. It, it tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but spiritual forces of darkness, lies. Oh, our hope is in the truth, and the truth brings light to the darkness, and those whom God opens their eyes can see the light and turn back to Jesus. So we pray for light in the darkness. <laughs> yeah, we need giant high beams on the front of our cars to light our way. <laughs> oh, I got big, big news. Did you hear? The Supreme Court ruled in favor of corny dad jokes. They deemed it cool and amusable punishment. <laughs> cool and amusable punishment. P-U-N-ishment. Oh, boy. Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. So have fun, all the wonderful actors in Christian Car Guy Theater. You can always find them at ChristianCarGuy.com and the cast and crew page. I would point out, and I'm going to, <laughs> that three of the voices of the jurors happen to be my granddaughter, Lila, exp <laughs> expounding her acting skills. And so, and all the talented actors are just amazing. Jesse Cordy is as valiant as you could see. The Reviner's fire is happening there for him as he's gone through this experience. But no doubt he saw God and everybody got to see God as faithful, got to really see God. <laughs> so will we, as we think about all the ways that we can see God this week. So remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went so he could go slow enough to see God and everything and got everywhere. He got it all done in 33 years.
This is the Truth Network.